Hello, 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 amazing, amazing people. This is Catherine Laranger with My Dead Dragon, and I wanted to extend a very special invitation to you for my live full day virtual vision ignition immersion event that's happening on October 16th, 2021. And one of the first steps in becoming the heroine and main character of your life is figuring out what's important to you, what that dream is that's seeking to emerge and what this one precious life is inviting you to become. And that's what this day is all about. It's about supporting you in creating that authentic vision for what you would love your life to look like and sharing tools and tips and little known strategies to help you get there. So registration is now open and you can find the link in my show notes and through my social media accounts. And I am so excited to see you there on October 16th. So welcome everybody to today's episode of My Dead Dragon. I'm your host, Catherine Laranger, and I'm in conversation today with Claire Netley. And Claire is a coach, a teacher, a speaker, and founder of Better Boundaries. She's known for helping her clients to find their no, to set boundaries and build a strong sense of who they are so that they can show up in their lives and relationships without losing themselves. And Claire, I'm really interested to hear your story, your journey, better boundaries, right? I think that really fits with the theme of of My Dead Dragon of the podcast. And so can you start us out? So, so A, welcome to the podcast. Super excited to have you, you here. And can you start us out by telling us a little bit about your story and, and what kind of brought you to, to better boundaries and doing the work that you do? Sure. Uh, Well, thanks for having me. I'm really happy to be here. Always happy to be talking about boundaries and always happy to be talking about people's stories, not just my story, but I think, you know, so many and and in listening to some of your previous podcasts, we all have so much to learn from each other. So I think it's wonderful what you're doing. Um, Okay. So a little bit about my story. Well, I, I grew up in England. I moved to Australia uh, 18 years ago now and I was working in sports marketing uh, quite a few, about 10 years ago. This was about 10 years ago and I was on paper very successful. I had a property, you know, I had a great job. I was working in sports marketing and a job that a lot of people would have wanted, would have coveted. And I was also studying to be a yoga teacher. So something was calling me. Mm. I don't know how I thought I could do the job I was doing and study a two-year diploma to become a yoga teacher at the same time, but that was part of my dysfunction, trying to do all the things. Mm. And this job was so demanding. It took so much out of me. It was evenings. It was weekends. It was always on my mind. And it became. it came to the point where all the other areas of my life were being sacrificed. And this was a recurring pattern in my life. Anyway, Hmm. I ended up eventually suffering from burnout Mm -hmm. and I quit my job 
and decided to sort of throw myself into yoga teaching. And I took some time out as well to really recoup because I was so, so exhausted, so depleted. Mm. I really wasn't in a great space mentally, physically, emotionally. And it was through this process of sort of burning out and I was in a huge amount of back pain through the yoga teacher training. I discovered all these things that I physically couldn't do, all these limitations in my body and how stiff and and closed off my body was. And I, yeah, I just, I just started to realize how I had this broken relationship with myself. And all this awareness started to come up, which is, which is part of the process of yoga. So yoga brings our attention in. It brings our attention inside of ourselves. And my attention was always externally. My attention was on whether, what other people were doing, what other people thought of me, how I measured up, uh, was I enough? I was always focused on the outside and very little on the inside because I was ultimately very disconnected from Mm. the inside of me so yoga started to to bring all this stuff to the surface and I started to see that work was really a way for me to avoid the rest of my life and to avoid feelings that were really buried quite deep inside of me Mm. and I, I went on this yoga teacher training and it was a three week training it was advanced teacher training after the two years that I'd done. And and we spent three weeks really diving into the body, Mm. really down to a cellular level in the body. It's quite, it's quite incredible. And it was through that process that all these things started to unravel. And I really just spent three weeks crying. Mm. (laughs) All this old trauma came up. I had all this awareness about these patterns in my life, these patterns of, you know, I was a chronic people pleaser. I was a rescuer. I would fix things. I would give people advice. I was great at running everybody else's lives. And I was great in work because I was such a high performer and people labeled me superwoman. But on the inside, I was so disconnected and so running from my own pain and my own trauma and my own history that eventually the the moment I gave myself space for that stuff Mm. to come up, it came up. And it was really a process of working through that and more and more lights came on. It wasn't this, it was sort of this slow process of unpacking all this stuff that had happened for me and the way that I was living my life and the way that I was avoiding responsibility in a lot of areas of my life So there was this slow unpacking and then this moment of, ah, I'm 100% responsible for my life, which was liberating and terrifying at the same time. (laughs) And and then it's this process of rebuilding trust with ourselves, right? Yeah. Wow, Claire, so much there, so much there. And so you mentioned that there was this pattern of over-functioning with work at at that time, did you know that that was a pattern or was it kind of after when you started really giving yourself space that you realized, oh, that's what was happening? 
I I didn't realize it was a pattern. I thought there was actually something wrong with me in that mm. I saw everybody else working at this extreme pace and putting in all these long hours and I was exhausted. I was having panic attacks. I was mm. taking beta blockers to try and mask the symptoms of my anxiety. And so I just thought it was, I thought it was normal and that I didn't oh. measure up. Oh. Because, and, I, and I was sort of going, well, I don't have children and other people have children and they're holding down these jobs. What's wrong with me? So I just worked harder and harder to, mm. to prove myself. So no, I, I wasn't really, if I'd been really honest with myself at the time, if I'd been able to do that, I would have, and, and I did, I came to a point where I went, this is actually not right. I'm crying at work. I'm crying in the toilets. I'm taking beta blockers. I'm having panic attacks. I'm labeled superwoman on the outside, but on the inside, I'm just in so much, so much pain. Mm. And so, um, yeah, it, it sort of, it was, it took me a while to become aware of the pattern and this pattern of over-functioning in yeah. all areas of my life. I over-functioned in relationships. I would do way more than the other people in my relationships. So I had very one-sided relationships mm. often. Mm-hmm. And it varied. So with some people, I would be the person that gave too much. And then with other people, I would be the person that mm-hmm. didn't give. Mm-hmm. So a lot of my life was really out of balance. Wow. So with the overfunctioning, mm-hmm. what was the process? What did that look like for you to, to notice that and then to actually move into a state of greater balance? How did you do that? <laughs> It was yoga. Mm. It was yoga and meditation, really, because I was so, I was operating at such a fast pace in my life. I was living my life at 100 miles an hour. Mm. And when I really sort of fell apart and had that horrible case of burnout, I was Mm. seeing a a uh, acupuncturist and she said to me Claire why are you always in such a hurry what what are you racing towards the only thing that you're racing towards is your own death wow and I was like wow it was like a sort of very compassionate slap across the face you know or someone throwing a cold glass of water on you that that wakes you up um sorry what was the question again oh about so noticing the over-functioning and then how what was that process of coming into balance Yes. So it was, it was through my yoga practice, which was incredibly slow. So Mm. during my teacher training, I had a back injury and it's, it was an injury in my sacroiliac joint. It's quite a common injury in yoga. And it's the sacroiliac joint is where the pelvis connects to the spine. Mm. And there was a teacher on my course who was doing a study in sacroiliac injury and she was looking for volunteers. So she asked me if I would volunteer for her and she would give me a program. So before, uh, before my yoga teacher training, I did power yoga, I did hot yoga. And I see that now. I see all it with a lot of Taipei, yeah. all the push yoga, <laughs> yeah. the faster, faster. And people love it because they feel they work up a sweat. But really yeah. what they're doing is just getting all the adrenaline out of their system. 
So in this practice that this teacher gave me, it was so slow. It was excruciating. You imagine I'm a type A going at 100 miles an hour up here and then I'm given this practice, which is basically if I, if I do one sort of demonstration, it would be, you know, you move with the breath at this sort of inhale, exhale. Hmm. So that was the pace of the practice. And I said to the teacher, I was like, are you kidding me? This is going to drive me insane. And it, it did. It drove me insane. It was so slow. And that's now how I practice. And it was this, I had to do really the opposite of what I was doing in my everyday life and, and slow down and meet myself. So it was that process and it was meditation that really helped me to come back more into balance and to mm. and to become aware of my impulses mm -hmm. to fix my impulses to rescue my impulses to take over things that weren't my responsibility it was through that slowing down process and meeting myself mm. that I became more conscious of those mm. things and then I could make different choices so along that way of leaning into relaxing into a slower yoga practice coming from that kind of like ramped up type a into the maybe not the polar opposite but definitely the the yin and the yang there mm. so my guess is that you actually had to make a series of choices and decisions along the way to really mm. be in that uncomfortable place of being present with yourself mm. So what did that look like? What was that? Can you recall, like, what was that initial moment where you're like, okay, this, what have been doing is not working. Mm -hmm. And I'm willing to, to trust this process. And then along the journey, what were the pieces that kept you going? The initial, the initial catalyst was, was the practice that I was having to do for this teacher, this um, to do with my body. My body was crying out mm. to me to slow down. So that got me in a habit of getting up every morning mm. and doing a yoga practice, whether I wanted to or not. Okay. And what started out as discipline, it was about building new habits. Mm. So it was learning to do things I didn't want to do. Mm -hmm. And going, okay, I'm not going to enjoy this for a while. Mm -hmm. I'm going to find this really difficult and really unpleasant for probably a month until it becomes a new habit. And when I set my expectations like that, that's what it then became. And I went, okay, I don't enjoy this, but I'm going to do it. Mm -hmm. And I would start with little increments. So I would say, okay, I'll start with five minutes. Mm -hmm. And it would end up becoming a 20, 30, 40, sometimes an hour, sometimes a two-hour practice if I had the time. So it was really that that sort of started me off and then it became, it just became a new habit and it became a new way of, of being that, um, that I could then take into other areas of my life. I could, mm. I could then go, well, okay, I might not enjoy this initially, but the, the results that I'm going to get mm. are going to far outweigh what I'm doing impulsively in the moment because I want to. So it was really learning to 
recalibrate the way that I operate it. Yeah. And I'm, you know, what's kind of emerging for me as well as you share that is that um, it, to me, it feels like this process of really rebuilding integrity with yourself mm-hmm. in terms of tra- yeah. being able to trust yourself with yourself. Yes. Yes. And that's, and, and stopping from having my intention outside and really bringing it inside, bringing it back mm-hmm. to myself, back to what is right for me. Mm-hmm. Cause you asked before about how I came to working with boundaries and mm-hmm. boundaries really helped me build that trust. I didn't know what boundaries were before I sort of embarked on this whole journey and someone said to me, you know, it sounds like you could do with better boundaries in your life. And I was like, what's boundaries? And then I started researching yeah. and it was, it was like this light bulb went on. Mm-hmm. And boundaries are really about giving ourselves permission to be who we are, to pursue our goals, to show up in the way that we want to show up to identify what is us, to identify what isn't us, what's our responsibility, what's not our responsibility. I always felt overly responsible for other things. So I didn't really know where I ended and other people began and I would take on people's feelings. But really what was happening then was I was projecting my own feelings onto other people. So when I was in that space of not really connecting to myself I couldn't really see other people because I couldn't really Mm. see myself I I wasn't connected to myself I wasn't present with myself so I really couldn't be present and connected to other people in the way that I wanted to be and that that makes so much sense that when you don't have those boundaries you really don't know who am I? So it's just all Mm. this big mush of messiness, Mm. right? And, and, Mm. you know, I'm thinking about the piece where you shared the the perception in that job where it looked like everybody else had it going on. Mm. And it was actually just you who was on the inside kind of caving. Mm. So, So with the perspective of boundaries now and the work that you've done, when you, when you cast a glance back at that and the way that you were kind of looking at your experience feeling like I'm the only one who's, mm-hmm. who's, who's not got this figured out, right? I, well, I don't have mm-hmm. kids and, and yet all these other people are working at the same pace. Do you, do you think that they actually were working in a healthy way? Probably not. I don't know. I don't know that it was a particularly healthy environment. I think any environment that constantly requires is to abandon our humanity Mm. for the purpose of something for for the purpose of achievement or success you know I had to really define what success meant to me and I hadn't done that it was it was based on what society determines as success and when I Mm. sat down and looked at what success meant for me, I was really surprised, really Mm. surprised. It had nothing to do with money achievement. It was much more about connection, living from my values, feeling fulfilled. And so to answer your 
question. Do I think they were working in a healthy way? I don't know. I I honestly don't know. But what I do know now is that most people wear a mask, Mm -hmm. is that most people wear the I've got it all together mask, everything's okay, Mm -hmm. everything's fine. And for most people underneath the surface, it's not fine. Mm -hmm. You know, we might look calm on the surface, but underneath we're sort of frantically treading water. And I think that's a lot of people's reality. I don't think anyone has it figured out. I think we're all doing the best with what what we know. And in listening to your interview with Amanda, I think you mentioned something about we're only ever operating at our current level of awareness and consciousness. Mm -hmm. And so we have to forgive ourselves for what we didn't know. And now I know I can make better choices. And now what I hear, it's so funny when I hear people say, oh, she's amazing. She just takes care of everyone. You know, if someone's talking about somebody else, she's incredible. She does all this stuff. She's fantastic. She's always available for people. You know, she's so selfless. I think she needs boundaries. Yeah. (laughs) It always goes through my mind. I'm thinking that external view that people have yeah. of that person is probably quite different for what's going on internally for that person. Mm-hmm. But interesting that there is that social praise mm-hmm. to to really just completely give over yourself. And mm. so to, to actually be able to set those boundaries and, and come from a more authentic set of values and, and purpose in your life takes, it takes some courage. It really does take courage and it takes the ability. And this is where the mindfulness and meditation practice really helped me. And this is why I combine that with the coaching. Mm. The coaching is really the practical tools and strategies and skills. But the mindfulness helps people lean into the discomfort because Mm. if this is how people have been trained to be in the world, to go against that and to go against what society is doing, to go against what other people expect of you is really tough and it's uncomfortable and people feel fear, they feel guilt, they feel shame, they Mm. feel all these feelings, all these things come up and they, they resist making change because of it. These feelings tend to control them. And then what happens is the resentment, the anger, all these things build and people feel disconnected Mm. because they're living according to what the outside expects of them. Mm -hmm. But in reality, most of it, most of it is in our heads. And yes, Mm. some people won't like our boundaries. And yes, some people will be upset with us. And I often hear people say to me, I can't do that. They'll be upset. And my mm. point back to them is yes. And yeah, because yeah. it's it's not about me taking responsibility for other people's feelings anymore. When I take 100% responsibility in my life, it's 100% responsibility for my feelings, not for other mm. people's feelings. Mm. Other people's feelings are their responsibility. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean I don't care. Mm-hmm. It just means I don't operate around what I think other people's feelings might be. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. we can never really know. No, we, yeah. we can't. And, and it also tests the quality of the relationship. And, and I'm not talking here about testing relationships, but you, you work out pretty quickly who's with you and who's for you. 
Mm-hmm. And the ones that aren't will drop away pretty quickly if they're not getting their needs met. A true connected relationship is one where both parties can have a dialogue, both parties are committed to showing up in the relationship, even when it's uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Healthy relationships don't require us to abandon ourselves. Yeah. And I always say to my friends, tell me no. And they know I'm the no person. Yeah. You know, they often <laughs> say to me, I know you can hear this. And I'm like, yeah, I can. You know, yes, you can change your mind. You know, you can say no to me. You can yeah. do what feels right for you. And I want my I want the people I love to feel free in relationship, yeah. not Cause, obligated. Because that no has nothing to do with you. No. It's about them taking care of themselves when you're in that healthy relationship. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, so Claire, what were some of the challenges for you in that process of really coming to that understanding of this is what's important to me in my life? And I'm recognizing that I'm surrounded by these societal pressures and expectations of what success looks like. Mm. This is actually what it looks like for me. So what were the challenges in living into what your, what your um, success looks like in, in the midst of these social expectations and pressures? One of the, the biggest challenges is really overcoming that pull to be different. It's almost like this energetic pull that is society's expectations of us maybe the people around us have expectations of us so letting go or I like the word unhooking unhooking Mm. from a lot of that stuff like it's Mm. almost like it's a hook in my body and I unpick it and I go okay I'm letting go of that I'm letting go of that yeah so that was that was some of the biggest challenges and sometimes I and then learning where to find compromise as well because when I first found my no, I loved it. I was like a two-year-old. No, 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 not doing it, not doing it. So then it was about. That's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. It was about learning to say yes in a healthy way. Uh, So it was giving myself permission. It was letting go of the fear, letting go of the guilt and learning, learning to sit with that before I, before I let go of it. So Ah. just like in my yoga practice, I went, this is going to be really uncomfortable for a while because it's new and I don't want to do it. I don't want to sit in the discomfort, but then realizing on the other side of that was freedom. Mm. So it was learning to lean into those uncomfortable feelings Mm. and learning to sit with other people being uncomfortable with my decisions and learning to stand by myself and sometimes mm. I, you know I don't always get it right sometimes yeah. I sometimes I forget and then but yeah. I realize I can change my mind I never used to give myself permission to change my mind uh. and I always thought I had to have the right answer at the time Mm-hmm. And I don't. So yeah, it was learning to to give myself permission. Yeah, so so much there. You know, in terms of 
developing that comfort in sitting with the discomfort and for Mm. for all of us as we are really learning how to become the main character of our lives it's going to require that we show up differently Mm. and anytime we do anything different it's uncomfortable anytime Mm. you know and from kind of an evolutionary perspective we were if we evolved to to be a tribal species right Mm. being different actually literally meant life or death Mm. and so we evolved to 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 really look to the tribe for sameness and inclusion and protection and safety and all of those things and yet in our world today we're truly in a global society our tribe could be anywhere Mm. and our survival isn't typically hinged on fitting into society's expectations. Typically, Mm. I mean, there are some, some things there that you want to, you know, kind of um, be in alignment with, but Mm. yeah, yeah. And, and I love too how you recognize that it's, it's truly a process, right? And, and as we Mm. grow and develop these capacities and these skills, there will be times where we are fully integrated in how they show up and how we show up in alignment. And there will be Mm -hmm. times where we are less skillful. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. sure. And, and especially when we're under a lot of stress, you know, Mm -hmm. it's, it's hard. You look at the the pandemic at the moment and Mm -hmm. we're in lockdown here. So I'm in Melbourne and we've been in lockdown on and off for over 200 days and that's really tested my my resilience and mm. my stress and my practice and mm-hmm. all of that mm. Mm. and 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 i have to give myself permission to not be perfect and to not yeah. always get it right and to sometimes fall back into yeah. old habits yeah. and and to kind of go okay well I recognize it and I can make a, a different choice next time yeah that self-compassion I think is really mm. key for our transformation that mm. as we you know as we slip backwards that okay there's maybe there's some learning there and and absolutely there's some grace that we can offer ourselves mm. yeah. yeah yeah so Claire for for people who are starting out with the process of discovering boundaries of Mm -hmm. realizing okay well where am i where you know where do i start where do where does somebody else begin Mm. what are some of the some of the steps that people can take to really discover and create and honor those healthy boundaries for themselves the first thing I like to, to teach people and I like to teach my clients, especially when I have a session with clients, we always start with a meditation mm. and we start with a feelings check. So checking in with ourselves, you know, how do I feel right now? And that's something we can do two or three times a day mm-hmm. to really start to bring our attention in what is going on for me right now. And A great place to start is boundaries with ourselves. So Mm. learning and and keeping a journal. So learning when did I say yes today and I meant no? Um, And what was going on for me in that moment? What was I afraid of? Mm. And often we're afraid of the other person being upset. We might be afraid of the other person yelling Mm. or getting angry with us or um 
giving us a silent treatment, there can be any number of reasons why we don't do what we know in our heart we need to do. So I get people to keep a bit of a a journal and keep an eye on what they're doing throughout their day because it's the little things throughout the day that make a difference. When someone says, can you feed my cat later and you're already stretched to capacity and you go, yeah, sure, but on the inside you're thinking, (laughs) I don't have time to feed your cat. So just exploring those little moments. The other thing I um, I like to get people to do is to start practicing saying, I want, I need, and I would like. Mm. Because for a lot of people, it's really difficult to say that. And people mm. tend to dress up their wants and needs with lots of words mm. to sort of, I call it softening the blow. Mm-hmm. People who struggle with boundaries are usually very indirect and they're afraid to ask clearly and directly for what they want. Mm. So I get them to practice, even if it's around their own home. I want, mm. I need, I would like, because that can be really, really uncomfortable for some people. Mm-hmm. So they're just a few things, really checking in with yourself, asking mm. how you feel, asking in any moment, what do I want? And listening to your body really Mm. trying to connect with your body and listen when your body says no because your body will tell you that's you know that's our biggest signal is the body will say no and we know we know in our gut um again when I was listening to your interview with Amanda and she was talking about how she knew she knew Mm. on the inside what she needed but she was acting in a way that wasn't congruent with that And we all do that until we learn to come more into alignment and speak our truth. Mm -hmm. So I think it's just good to start with with that awareness. Where am I not acting congruently? And why might that be? What might be going on for me? Hmm. And so you have a, is it a course, a Better Boundaries course or program? Or can you tell me a little bit about that? Yes, yes, I do. So it's an eight-week program and we look at what boundaries are what they're not. Mm -hmm. Uh, We look at why we might not have boundaries, what happened to our boundaries, what stops us from setting boundaries. We explore boundaries with ourselves, boundaries with how we treat others, Mm -hmm. boundaries around how we let others treat us. Mm -hmm. We even sort of dive into, you know, what's appropriate behavior, inappropriate behavior, abuse, what's not abuse. Mm -hmm. Because I had no idea that uh, I was I was in a very abusive relationship some years ago and I just thought it was normal. And yeah. it's not normal. It was abusive. Yeah. And, yeah. and so it's recognising healthy and unhealthy behaviours and looking at, well, what's a healthy relationship? What's an unhealthy relationship? Mm-hmm. Um, so we look at that. We look at asking for our needs to be met. So using statements like I want, I need, I would like, starting to use I statements, the skills to have those difficult conversations. We look at what our life is like now and what life would be like with boundaries. Mm. Um, so, yeah, there's a whole sort of, uh, there's a whole range of things that we discuss and it's done over eight weeks to give people okay. time to build their awareness, to integrate what they're learning, to practice. So there's plenty of, um, there's weekly lessons. Mm. Then there's Q&As with me. There's usually a couple of sessions a week to allow for different time zones. And then we have practice sessions as well. So role-playing and that sort of thing. So people can kind of bring 
those conversations that they know they need to have but they don't want to, they can bring them to a safe space and, and practice mm. and get feedback. And it's a really supportive environment as well. Mm. That sounds yeah. amazing. That sounds amazing. And I think you mentioned that your next one is starting in the new year. Yes, yes, okay. it will be okay. running. Yeah. Okay. So when this goes to air, there will be one already in progress. And then there'll be one coming up in the new year. So if people okay. are interested, they can just uh, subscribe to my email list or follow me on Instagram or Facebook. And as soon as enrollments open, I'll, I'll let people know. Oh, perfect. Okay. And I will include all of those links in the show notes for the listeners. Right. And so Claire, any, any last words, any, if you could speak from your heart to the heart of a person listening, there's Mm -hmm. a message for them, what would that be that you'd want them to know? I would want them to know that it's okay to be who you are. It's okay to want what you want. And it's really your purpose is to be you and to be all of you and to show up fully with all of your gifts and talents and all the things you have to offer in the world. And it's not selfish to take care of yourself. It's not selfish to focus on yourself and to focus on your life and your well-being, it's, it's actually ultimately your responsibility and um, to give yourself permission to do that. Hmm. That is fantastic. Thank you so, so much. And so for everyone listening, you can find Claire's social links in the show notes. And I would love your support if you can subscribe and like and uh, rate the podcast and subscribe to the YouTube channel that really helps to to share the message and uh, and get this out to the people who who need to hear it and thank you everyone and have a wonderful wonderful day.